Hey everybody, it's Joe Sib. Welcome to Rad Parenting. I'm here with my co-host. Anaya Bogue. Oh my gosh. I'm already to, laughing. We need to breathe. Gosh. <laughs> I was seriously yes. on the, this morning has been crazy getting, you know, getting us together. Um, we have a great guest in here. I'm going to introduce her in a second. But I feel like I feel like I haven't taken a breath since I woke up this morning because it was one of those mornings where it was like I ran downstairs and I was already behind the eight ball. I'm making the lunches. I'm who's picking up so and so for football practice. What's going on here with uh, with band rehearsal after? I'm like football and band same day. What? How did that happen? And then literally I was just saying this. And sorry if, if I'm too much information. I had to take a leak an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't. I never did it. Thanks. For I never. Sharing, I never Joe. used the bathroom, and then it just went away. That can't yeah. be good for your no, body. No. No. Same thing with the breathing. Also, not good for your body, yes. as it turns out, Joe. Okay. By the way, you sent me this weird text. Oh God, I I knew you were going to say that. I was asking so, you to write. You just, are you? Yeah, let me explain. So this is Jennifer, let me explain to Jennifer's listeners. Jennifer's in the really room. Quick. Just so you know, I'm talking to somebody else who's in the room. Okay. We have this thing where when we do these these podcasts, Joe always defers to me to like put together the little blurb, and I happen to do so usually with not a big amount of effort. So it's it's a nice thing for She's me to do. She's a great writer, and uh, so he on Sunday he sends me the text because I should have already done it. He's like, "We need that blurb," and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm so sorry, but I'm running into a breath circle." And I thought after I hit send, I'm like, "Joe has got to be shaking his head. Like, what is she doing now? What is a breath?" Well, the first thing is because you and I are friends and I know you now well enough. We worked together for a year. I was like, breath circle. Yeah. Standard. That seems like totally something you do. I imagine, I imagine TP oils. I was like, yeah, I want to go to the breath circle. And then the punk, then the punker in me was like breath circle. What a great name for a band. Okay. I was like, I want to go check out Breath Circle playing at the Echo. Here oh we go. Gosh. All right. No more humor. We're going to get serious now. Yeah. Right. That was good. All I right. highly recommend the breath circle. It's good to see you. It's nice to see you too. Right, always. We're here. Hey, um, guys, listeners, everyone out there, check this out. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we got a lot of requests from you guys because one episode, Anea mentioned sleep training. And literally the next week, there was five emails. Please get someone on the show about sleep <laughs> when training. When are you doing that? Okay. I'm going to share this with you guys right now. Uh, our guest... I've never met her before. I feel like I'm introducing someone like a magician, but I'll tell you right now, because to a lot of parents- It is a magician. It, it is she magic is to get your kid to yes. sleep. I know nothing about sleep training. My kids are 12 and 15. I, we, I think we dabbled in it for a second, but it, I, I, don't, I don't know. So I'm going to be the person learning a lot in this episode. But um, the woman that we have in here, I'm going to give you right now, it's Jennifer Waldberger. She's the author of the book, The Sleep Easy Solution. And uh, she also got a master master in uh, social work, and she's going to talk about sleep training today. So welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm still working on my magic sleep wand. I've been working on that for 20 years. <laughs> have you really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got to be, Jennifer, seriously, is it one of the biggest hot topics? Like when people, do you have people stopping you and like Trader Joe's going, you're help the sleep me. woman, help me. And they, I mean, is it that, it's got to be that popular of a topic occasionally that happens sometimes i run into a client that i worked with you know almost 20 years ago and i'm like oh how's little so-and-so and they're like well he's in college now <laughs> so it makes me feel very well, old but how about when we had wayne kramer in here and somehow again we were talking about sleep training he's like i know i know those people yeah we told we told wayne kramer um that you were gonna be on the show and he knew exactly who you were who had you the book and had, well, and they'd, they had done the sleep training when when their little boy was uh, was just a few months old, yeah. and now he's three. And there was something that had gone down, like a surgery or something, for one of the parents that had thrown off. He's like, 
oh no, it's not good. We have to get back to the sleep training. No, it is the perennial hot topic. Yeah, you know? and let's let's just let's just go right back to the beginning. Uh, just start with sleep training. What well, is it? How do yeah? Can, yeah, can, let me let me. How do why wanna, don't I why don't I launch this because this go. is really how we got here. As everybody knows who listens to our show regularly, there's a large gap between my two daughters. So my oldest daughter currently is 20. My youngest just turned eight. So when I had my second child after 12 years of not doing like babies who are up whenever the heck they want to be up. And my biggest thing was, what have I done? Like, (laughs) what was I thinking putting myself through this again? And I honestly can't remember like how the whole like that whole notion of sleep training, somebody put it on my radar. And I remember picking up the book and just reading, I don't know if it was the introduction or it was the first first few pages of the chapter. And I was like, this totally makes sense to me. It wasn't just the promise of something great. What I loved immediately was that it was broken down in a way that told me these these women have not just like are not throwing some some old wives tale not to diminish old wives tales but this is a thing that has science to back it up that makes sense with the way that babies learn to sleep and blah 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 and yes it was difficult to start with but it was a life changer for me so i'm so excited that you're here to share this with other parents who are freaking oh well out. and that's why i do what i do i mean every single time i hear that it makes my day because you know whatever's hard about parenting is like exponentially harder when you're exhausted whatever's great about family life is exponentially greater when you're rested right so it's like really the bedrock of everything else in your family kind of feeling lined up or not and so you know jill spivak my co-author and i We really set out to write a book the way that we speak to someone in person, which is, yes, we have some information, you know, that that may be helpful to you, but there's another whole side of this process that's very important, and that is all the feelings that come up around the subject. I mean, we can see on just about any message board out there um, where parents gather how much... Um, heated conversation there can be about this topic. It just brings up so much for people. And so we really wanted to have a way to move through this process in a way that um, really looks at that individual child, that individual family. Every family is different. Every family has a different kind of way they want to come to the table in this process. And it's all okay. There's room for all of it. And so we really want to heart connect with the families that we're working with and allow them to heart connect with their kids while they're learning and, you know, really creating the right weather conditions for them to to learn the skills they need while staying attached and protecting the relationship. And there's absolutely ways to do that. We And I think to, to your point, there's always going to be... Um, Every child is different in the same way that we've talked about, you know, looking at different educational options for your child. You could have, you know, Joe has two kids that have radically different educational needs. Mine will probably be very much the same. And I think to your point, um, this is an option that is you want parents to know about so that if it's suitable to their the way that they want to parent and their individual child it's an option that's there for them. Well, we were very careful in the book. Like there, there's a sort of a way that we typically move through the process that tends to work well for most. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole chapter on, well, what if we've been sharing a bed for a couple of years? Mm-hmm. What if we don't want to do it exactly that way? Are there modifications? And so, yes, you know, like hopefully, I think 
the sort of downside of living in a time when we have access to the internet and so much information is the deluge we all feel, right? And so it's You really mean all the different, like the, all, the, the myriad of yes. different messages because it's like, which one, where do yes. I go? There's almost too much information just to Your to, head to spins because this expert says this and that expert says that and like, well, who's right and how do I, you know, who do I believe kind of? So um, the bad news is, yes, there's too much information. The good news I think about that is the onus now is on each parent and family to kind of go what resonates for me and what feels right to me and so I I love hearing you know that that somehow that happened when you were reading the book because we're speaking you know woman to woman family to family Um, my business partner Jill the whole reason our our company Sleepy Planet was even created is because her then eight month old was a horrible sleeper you know so this is all like road tested from the inside out okay so let's dive in, yeah, right? I was just gonna say I, I want to dive right in uh, with the when I hear sleep training, it, it's uh, I'll be honest, it sounded it militant, sounded, sounded a little gnarly. <laughs> you will sleep. Yeah, yeah, it sounded a little gnarly. It sounded like my parents did sleep training. Yeah, good night, shut the door. There's the training. How, like, let's start with just that concept. Um, I want to for for our listeners out there that that have the newborn and they're like because they're gonna see this in the title and read Anaya's blurb and be like. Honey, we're listening to this, or partner, we're listening to this right now. What, like, let's just start. You have an infant. Like, what's your, what's the whole beginning of getting this infant on a path to getting a good night's sleep? Because for us, it was, you know, it was in the bed, it was out of the bed, and then as we got older, it was everyone. I had every, we had all the people in the bed for a long time, and then it was dad. Everyone's in the bed, and then dad has to go downstairs. And there were some times where I would go to bed, and my kids would be in their rooms, and then I'm in mine. But then I, I, you know, someone, dad, dad, I have to go in there, and then dad, dad, I go in another room, and then and I go back into my room, and then I have to go after my wife started snore. I got to go downstairs. I would wake up in just different parts of the houses, and I don't know. I can I can see all of the heads nodding out there yeah. like all the sometimes families are like you just described my yeah. life you yeah know? <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes it reminds me of when i'm on the road like you know when you wake up in a hotel and you're like oh where yeah, am i'm I? in dallas okay cool like sometimes when i wake up in my own house i don't even know where it all where i where i ended musical up musical beds yeah yeah yeah, so yeah is that common totally well okay. i want to come back to what you said about sleep training let's start with couldn't that. agree more which is why we don't call it sleep training we call it sleep learning so you're not training your like child that. to you know sit up and roll over and fetch you're yeah. you're again creating the right weather conditions and supports for that child to learn new skills so let's talk about let's start with the science behind it because that's what appealed to me and i think it's what appeal to a lot of our listeners. So what is the science behind this approach to helping our kids learn to sleep well? Well, the the science, I mean, in our book, you know, we don't go into lengthy science. We don't go into any more than you actually need to Mm -hmm. know, because especially when you're tired, your eyes are just going to glaze over with too much information. But, um, you know, basically, the truth is that kids want to be sleeping as much as we want it for them. They just don't know how. And so, you know, we've sort of systematized what those weather conditions are that support their, you know, learning of that very natural skill. I would say the the sort of hallmarks of that would include 
um, the right wind down, the way that you're, you know, kind of getting your child to sleep, the right timing and scheduling, and the right way that you're responding to that child as they may be calling for you or, you know, crying possibly. There's there's a way to, you know, respond without doing for them what they need to do for themselves. And so, you know, physiologically, interestingly enough, sleep is considered a learned behavior. Wow. Isn't that interesting? It is. Yes. But you can't say to a kid, you know, all right, lay your body down, stay really still, close your eyes and it'll all be fine, right? Like, again, you have to sort of take steps and take the lead to encourage that learning. And so one of the things, if you want to, you know, talk about science for a second that I found really interesting when I started researching this 20 years ago or so, um, is that, you know, we all kind of cycle up into lighter sleep throughout our night to check out the environment to make sure that everything is the same as it was mm. when we fell asleep in the first place. If it's not, it actually wakes us all the way up. And this harkens way back to being, you know, out in an environment where there could have been a predator. Sure it's very prim- I was going to say, it sounds right? totally primal. Yes. And so you would cycle up into lighter sleep and, and possibly need to wake up and defend yourself. So um, there's a reason why why our bodies are wired to do this but the those kind of you know partial awakenings throughout the night aren't the problem it's the ability to go back to sleep that's the problem that most you know kids who have sleep problems can't do because they're not doing the initial getting to sleep on their own in the first place so what has to change is the way we get them to sleep in the first place and it's the most natural thing in the world to like feed or rock your your child to sleep or bounce them on a ball or you know sing them a song and have them fall asleep in your arms it's the most lovely thing ever. And it's not a problem unless it's a problem. So in other words, if you do those things and your child is sleeping fantastically, great, continue. If not, then what needs to change is rather than getting them all the way to sleep or lying your body next to an older child until they fall asleep, you've got to, you know, peel back that support gently and slowly so that they're actually doing it. Because if the last thing your child knows is, oh, my mommy or daddy's right here, good night. And then they wake up three hours ah. later and something has changed. Yes. Bing, bing, bing. Okay. Big red flag. So right there, that's what I'm talking about. Like these very, I mean, that is so practical to me. It's so, so straightforward, right? So what we're saying, just to, so that I know that I've understood this correctly, um, and then I want to talk about the cortisol piece because that's really when I think about the science. Yes. So, so what you're saying is because we are wired probably primally to move into lighter levels of sleep as we move into the night, if the conditions that we fell asleep in have changed by the middle of the night when we start to move into that lighter sleep, we're going to wake up, notice there's a difference, and then this adrenaline rush or whatever is going to happen because it, going back to the primal thing, that probably meant we might have been in danger and we need to become fully awake to protect ourselves. Surroundings have changed. You wake up. Whoa, what's going on? Boom. Right. And in this case, mom or dad. So the whole thing, mom and dad are laying next to you as uh, as we've all done. And then all of a sudden, you know, hey, all right, he's asleep. I'm going to go in the room now. Right. That's why all of a sudden it, it... turns into wake up time when dad's whereas not there. if they could fall asleep without mom or dad there are a specific condition that uh, is not going to change in the middle of the night they'll actually 
come come to a little bit, but then go back to sleep because nothing has actually changed to set off that alarm. That's exactly Correct. right. Okay, and some good. families who do want to share a bed, it's also possible to continue to share a bed without your child waking up all night. But what can happen, even if they are right next to you, is you know a baby had a boob in their mouth yeah. and then it fell out, or you know somebody's body moved around, and so that's why it's happening. But yes, that's the the big important thing that needs to happen. And for an you know a child who's say nine months and above. It can actually be it feed into separation anxiety because uh, my mommy or daddy can disappear on me. So what's going to happen? That child's going to become more hyper vigilant about your whereabouts. Yeah. So it kind of you know. And I love how you are breaking it down right now. Like seriously, anyone listening to the show, that you're already you're already just sharing so much knowledge for for a parent out there because well, it makes so much sense. I never even thought of that. Yes. And I think this is hearing you say that now. I'm like, "Oh, of course, like this any, anybody who listens to the show regularly knows because I parent from this place of our goal is to help our children not need not be dependent upon us in that way that will restrict or limit their ability to be full human beings in their own right. That includes, like, I don't want my child to be terrified if I'm not laying beside her at night. I want her to be able to sleep by herself. And it really, I mean, our, you know, success story, I mean, we did this with her uh, at five months. And to this day, with my little one, and to this day, like people will be over and at bedtime. I mean, if there's something fun going on, she might be like, "Really, it's been." But when she hits the hits the pillow, she's out, and she's out for the entire. I don't know. She's got a bladder of steel. (laughs) It's just she's out until you know in the morning. So we're talking at you know at least ten hours straight, and I think that that has a lot to do with her disposition and the way that she functions during the day and all of that. So. Um, let's talk about the cortisol. Okay. That piece. Because I think a lot of people are just completely unaware. Yeah. And, you know, what a gift you've given your child, you know, of that good sleep nutrition from the beginning. That's, that's, that's amazing. But so cortisol is a stress hormone our bodies produce when we're overtired. With sleep, that's going to present in one of three possible ways. Either it's going to take you longer to settle into sleep, or you're going to wake up more in that sleep period and or you're going to wake up too early from that sleep period. So a lot of the questions that I get from parents are, you know, my child's waking at five o'clock in the morning, or they're waking too early, or they're taking short naps. Almost always the big culprit there is an an overtired child at bedtime. So they went to bed too late for their age, or they didn't have good naps the the day before if they are napping, and, you know, they got overtired. So there's all kinds of reasons that kids can get overtired. So yeah, so if memory serves, and this is how deeply it imprinted me, because just so everybody knows, I have loaned my copy to somebody else, and I did not (laughs) pick up the book again in preparation for this interview, which I was a little freaked out about. What I seem to remember is that if you don't hit that ideal time for bedtime, so let's just say that our kid is naturally, you know, they've been up for enough hours for their age that it's like, whatever, 7 o'clock, 7.30, and they're naturally getting tired and starting to wind down. If we don't hit that window and get them into bed at that point, the cortisol levels start to shoot up again, and they get like, and we see it, a second wind. So when you have kids that are still up at 9 o'clock and you're thinking, oh, I'll get them good and tired, and then they'll really sleep, it's actually the opposite effect because the cortisol has kicked in. Is that correct? That's right. So it can present differently for different people. Some get irritable and cranky. Some 
act like they just drank a pot of coffee and they're running around, like you said, second wind. And it's confusing because you go, well, my child doesn't really seem tired. That's because you missed the window. So there is a natural window for every child and person according to age. And in that window, they'll go to sleep real easily. Past it, they won't. You'll have a much harder let's, time. Let's just really quick for uh, for kids, you know, in that age, say between you know zero to two to three. How many hours of sleep should they be getting a night? Well, it actually in that early early stage. Because then I want to ask you, hey, I got you know I have teenagers. Where my wife and I are always going back and forth. You know, with my son, how many hours should he get? How many hours should he not? Get? You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, like it. It feels like I get different ideas of what that time is. Sure. So, you know, I would say birth to four months, there are no numbers that you're going for. You're following as much as possible. A baby's lead. <laughs> yes, exactly. As much, you know, as the sleep gods are willing to give you. Um, so, you know, you let them sleep when they want to sleep and let them be up when they want to be up. After four months, between say four months and, you know, almost five, it's 10 and a half to 12 hours a night for almost every child. But... This is one thing, you know, like I definitely appreciate parents who've done their homework and, you know, kind of know this information and everything. But you want to also always take the information from the quote unquote experts and apply it to your own situation. So the ultimate answer to the question is my child getting the right amount of night sleep is how do they wake up in the morning? Are they rested, refreshed, energized, raring to go or slow to start or, you know, kind of start strong and then crash? And how do they make it between one sleep period and the next? Does a younger child make it to their nap without big, huge, you know, mood swings and meltdowns? Or does an older child make it throughout their day without having a big drop off, you know, later in the afternoon or something like that? So even if you have an outlier, you know, like I would say the the more typical norm is probably 11 to 12 hours. But if you have a child who regularly gets 10 and a half, wakes bright eyed, bushy tailed, you know, so happy, tons of energy, makes it till their nap, naps well and has a decent day, you're okay. You know, it's actually enough for them. So, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, and then for someone someone that's older? So, like, like how like, old? Yeah, I'm going to say I, I have... Do Nate. Do yeah, 12. I'm going to do 12, and then I'm going to do my uh, daughter who's 15. Okay. So a 12-year-old is certainly, you know, as we age, it drops off, obviously. So we need a little bit less. And again, it varies kid by kid. But I would say on average, you know, a 12-year-old is probably looking at, on average, 9 to 10. And then, you know, a a teenager, you kind of can't wake them up, right? So the entire circadian rhythm changes in teenagerhood where they actually... circadian rhythm. Okay, so your circadian rhythm is... Um, your own, your body's own natural sort of biorhythm in terms of like, you know, how much sleep you need, how much food you need, things like this. And so, you know, lots of research has shown that it changes, sleep changes dramatically for teenagers and they need a whole lot more of it. They also, a lot of them want to stay up later at night and aren't morning people. So they're actually high schools who have, where they have changed the schedule for the teenagers so that they can come in later because they realize that they were forcing kids to do something that wasn't natural for them. Yeah. 
and they're and they're not getting doing anything worthwhile. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That makes so That's much right. sense because my daughter, my daughter, you know, I'll be going to bed so many times, 10, 10 30, 11, and she's just like, "What's up?" Yeah, hey. but that, I have a question about that too because I have met so many. Like I would describe myself as a morning person. I tend to be like Mary Poppins in the morning, psyched for a new day. And I know other people who are like, F that. Like, I'm all about, you know, being up and, and, and the I nighttime. But you know what I mean? I do know people that'll say, you know, for my entire life, it was always hard in the morning and I was much more alert in the evening. So where does that fit into all this? Again, that's the individual variation, right? Okay. So some kids have a natural people, have a natural body clock. My sister's the same way. She's always been this person her entire life. She wants to go to bed early and she wants to get up early. I have gone through phases myself when I was, I can remember being a teenager and being like, my creativity's coming alive at night, you know, and I would stay up till God knows, you know, Mm -hmm. all hours and then die in the morning. And I think today we have other things distracting kids from sleep, their technology, which, you know, I certainly didn't have when I was that age and stuff. But, but yes, you know, and some people are all have always been night owls and really do come alive in those later hours. Like I remember even into my 20s, like that's when I would clean my house, you know, I just had the energy to do it. And then in the daytime, not so much. So yeah, there's a lot of individual variation there. Okay, so so there, there is room as always with, as parents. You, you know, this is a starting place, and then what you have to go there, determine what's going to work best with your individual yes. child. Okay, so let's for our listeners because we're sort of doing broad strokes here. What does it look like to take your child through? I know what it looks like from my own experience, and it was not easy to begin with. So yeah. let's just talk through. Like, so I think the earliest you can do it is four or five months, right? Yeah. So I I want to make that decision with a family and with the pediatrician's input. It really depends on. You know, was the child born on time? Um, how are they presenting developmentally? You know, do I have a sense that the cognitive awareness is really coming online? Because that cognitive awareness is absolutely critical for them to be able to do the learning and to remember from one day to the next what they did the day before. Um, you know, how's their weight? How's mom's milk supply if she's breastfeeding? You know, there's a lot of factors that mm-hmm. go into that decision. So four to six months is sort of a case by case. Um, but, you know, many babies, most babies, you you know, once they're four months and 14 pounds, if everything else is going okay, have the ability to do the learning at that point. And so what I do, um, you know, both in our in our book and when I'm sitting down with a family is we kind of walk families through a whole 24 hour clock mm-hmm. so that you can, you know, take a look at again, those key essential areas of how is this child getting wound down to sleep? That's a really important piece of it. You know, there's a lot of um, you know, sort of pitfalls that you can fall into inadvertently, but you want to go into the environment where your child's going to be sleeping for the night to do a nice calming wind down, do that like daddies al- almost always like to express their affection physically with kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and moms freak out like, no, you're going to rile them up too much. So let daddies tickle and chase and toss and all of that before you go in for bath. Let everything that happens after bath go in your child's room where they're going to be sleeping for the night or in your room if they're sleeping with you and, you know, kind of shift gears and start to slow down and you can do a a predictable series of things like you know a book a song some quiet play on the floor things like this okay i got joseph has his hand hand up hand up so first of all (laughs) gosh listening back on this now and now i know why things didn't go like planned because um well the first thing is i'm thinking about when my kids were super super younger i work at night i would come home they'd want to stay up and wait to see me yeah so mistake number you know my wife would just be like look you know they need they need to see you so 
they would wait for me to come home from a show. And I wouldn't disagree with that, by the way. Yeah. Where a parent, you know, cannot do it any other way and there's no other way you would see your kids, then of course, yeah. you know, that takes it priority. Did, it did take its toll, though. The thing that I'm thinking about, so for the dads that have to work or for the moms that have to work, they want to see their kids, you, you know, that that's a hurdle. And you just answered that question like, you know what? You got to also accommodate your family. I love how you keep saying that. The one thing I'm thinking about right now it doesn't apply to my family so much. I do have a teenager. She's up late. She's studying. She's on the phone. She's on watching this and that. How would you, how would you accommodate in a household where you have one kid on one time frame and then you have this other kid that okay, bath time wind down without the, uh, the all of the activities and you know the house getting alive again as I call it. Like I always know, like our house, I can when we shut it down and then all of a sudden if it starts, you know, everyone starts living in it again, it goes back up. How does a parent? go about that when, when so there is with different this, with schedules. So with this first step of getting the child, because I really want yeah. to walk everybody through this. So with this first step of like creating an environment that's starting to wind down to signal like it's going it. to be sleep time soon, what do you do when you have another child that's got a mm-hmm. different schedule or whatever? Or even, well, or even the, uh, not to interrupt, just the, just the um, environment that you live in, heart, you know, you know, you live in the city. Sure. Uh, trains going by, people honking, yelling, New York. You know, I think of that too. How do you do that? Absolutely. No. So I think the sort of thread that runs through all of what we're speaking to right here is when your sleep situation hasn't been good with your child, it's time for you to sit behind the wheel and drive the bus. You've got to sort of like take charge Mm -hmm. of mapping out what your target put down time is. And then how long do you like for the bath? How long does it take to get on PJs? How how long do you want to read stories and work backward from that to figure out, okay, if I want my child down by 730, we've got to start bath no later than 630. And I know, you know, not to mix my metaphors, we'll do a train instead. There's like seven several, you know, cars on this train, and each one has its own purpose. And I know exactly how long I need for each one. And you know, not everybody wants to stay married to a rigid schedule, and you don't have to forever. But when you're getting on track, yes, you do need to kind of do that. With multiple kids, um, ideally, you have more than one pair of hands, you know, so there's at least two parents, if not, you know, a caregiver or someone like that, when you don't have that option, and it's just one of you, you know, what you have to say to an older child, and I'm, I'm not the one to usually, you know, park a kid in front of tech, but sometimes you have to say, like, you're going to watch a video for 20 minutes, mommy's going to put the baby down, right? As soon as your baby brother's asleep, I'm going to come back and you and I are going to have our special time. Right. Got it. And you have so to it's just still routine. Yeah, it's still building that, right. you know, here's what happened here here's the order and it's winding the other child down just at two different you just incorporated the other child into the mix yeah love it okay Okay. so so that's step one is creating this the sleep ready environment let's call it that i don't know what you call it but that's what it sounds like that sounds great tm right it's no it's perfect and it's like you really want to bring your energy your own calm energy into that environment so to your point joe you know life is busy and you know family life can be so chaotic and the best way and sometimes the most overwhelming way you know like there's so many bells and whistles to that life but you what's so easy to forget as the parent is that no matter what it ever seems like 
you are the radio tower sending the signal. Your kids are the receiver of Mm -hmm. your signal. So you can set the tone and the pace by taking a few deep breaths and just kind of grounding yourself, using your tone of voice, slowing down your body language. There's a lot of ways that you can convey to a child that this is a different space now and we're calming down. I'm relaxed right now. Calming, winding down. As opposed to, it's bedtime. What are you doing? We've got 10 minutes, right? Gosh, now, man, looking right now when you're saying all that, I just... I just if if my kids listen to this show, I'm sorry that Dad came home <laughs> came home at uh, five thirty and just jammed music at full volume and let's cook food. Come on, let's. But go. I'm sure they had a blast with you, and there's room for that too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's but just but kinda... my wife would say to me, Karen, and you know, I remember her saying, "Joe, you got to you got to take your energy down a little bit." And I, yeah. I it, it's it would be, and I know other parents are that way that they. I think what you just said right there is so important. You are the, I loved your analogy. You're the, the tower sending yes, the signal Yes, out. the radio I tower. I love that yeah. analogy. It's a good one. That's, That's we're a great gonna use that analogy. Again. We're okay. stealing that. Okay. okay, so we have the sleep environment yes. getting getting ready. Okay, yes. so what's what's next? Next in terms is of the making actual... sure you have the right time. So like we were saying before, you've already looked at what is the right window for my child's age and you're targeting their put down within that window and not letting them slide you past it and an older verbal child will definitely try to slide you past it i need more water i'm hungry my toe hurts i have to tell you something it's important there's a million there's a some hotline that every kid calls they're like you said that and it worked i'm totally using that thanks you know like they all say the same (laughs) things so they're very clever they don't want to part company from you and they're going to try to keep you engaged so again it's hard especially if you're a working parent and you feel like you've had a short amount of time at the a parent who works outside of the home and you've had a short amount of time at the end of the day to really have that family connect time you can feel guilty about like well I'll just give you that extra water because you really seem to need it but you want to build that stuff into your wind down routine you've given them the sip of water you've had the snuggles the hugs and all of that so by the time lights are out that's it so don't get sucked into the back and forth good night is good night Um, And then, like we said, you know, step three is kind of how they're getting to sleep. So if you have been rocking or holding or feeding your child to sleep or lying next to them while they fall asleep and your child is waking up multiple times in the night, you're going to have to change that. And this is obviously not the easy part, right? So there are lots of different ways to support a child. I'll give you two, you know, sort of most popular options. One would be um, that you would then, you know, kind of say to that child, even a baby, honey, we're going to do things a little bit differently. You know, mommy or daddy's going to put you down awake instead. You're going to learn how to sleep. And you leave the room for a few minutes only. And you come back and you check in and you bring your love and support back. Mommy's here. You're not alone, honey. You're without you're picking learning them up, without, without picking taking them, up. them out of their bed. Usually. Right? So I'm going to give you option two, okay. which actually does include some of that because, again, everybody's different and everybody's comfort level is different. But um, in this first option, you wouldn't touch. You mm-hmm. would just use your, your love and your presence to communicate verbally that you're there and you haven't forgotten you come out, you go in a few minutes later. So it's that kind of thing for a few nights. Um, in option two, which I offer to families that just say, no way, I can't do that. Then you actually would park your butt on the floor or possibly in a chair and stay closer by. 
And in this option, you can actually, you know, kind of think of it as like a 10 scale. If it's a one to four in terms of intensity, you might just talk. If it's four to seven, you would actually give a hug or pat or touch. And it being crying. crying. Or, yeah. yeah, that's right. And yeah. if seven and above, maybe you do pick up and put down for a second. Neither one's good or bad or right or wrong. Here's what you're weighing. My tolerance for crying on the one hand, time on the other. As my tolerance for my child's upset goes down, time goes up. So Time for what? Time it's going to take that child to learn what they need to learn. So again, no right or wrong, no good or bad, but just know that if you have a very low tolerance for your child's upset and you feel like you want to stay closer by and be more hands-on, it might take you two or three weeks to actually get all the way there. Um, On the other hand, if you can sort of say to yourself, and I've never met the parent who says like, yeah, I can't wait for my child to, you know, be upset. And it's it's not about, you know, I hate this term, cry it out. Mm -hmm. That is not the point. You're not like plunking your child in the crib and saying, too bad, baby, you know, you're going to cry it out now and put yourself to sleep. It's not that at all. It's like, you know, the analogy I always think of with little ones is if your child was in their car seat, in the back seat freaking out and fussing, as many do, and you had to go somewhere, do you say to that baby, oh, baby, you don't like your car seat, then come sit on mommy or daddy's lap? No. Why? it's not. Because there's a bigger picture. Yes. It's there's not a safety safe issue. That's right. And so you have to be willing as a parent sometimes to say, I love you enough to hold the projection of your unhappiness toward me in this moment right now as I'm making this very important decision in your, in your best interest. Mm-hmm. So leaving the room for a few minutes only, not forever, mm-hmm. is like saying to your child, I love you enough to hold the projection of your unhappiness toward me for a few minutes while you learn this very important new skill. I'm coming back to help you, though. Okay, so this this is like the third time I brought this up. This I can't even remember where this little this little gem crossed my path just about a week ago. But this you saying this is making me think of it again. In wherever I saw this, what the person said was, "I am more interested in helping you feel brave than making you feel safe." And I think, oh my gosh, yes, because if I have to, if her safety, her sense of safety is dependent upon me being there, the fact is, for any parent listening, you cannot be with your child 24-7. I would rather her learn, to, and this is exactly what happened, for her to develop those internal bravery muscles so that she knows that she can be okay without me there, because that's the reality. Absolutely. And obviously, the capacity to internalize mommy and daddy depends on a child's age. So as an infant or a baby, it's very different than it is at three and five and seven and nine and as they grow and stuff like that. So I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And, you know, I think when you have a loving, healthy, secure bond with your child at any age, and that is the foundation of your relationship, there's no way a child is going to be harmed by a few minutes of of you leaving the room for a few nights. And I will just say to everybody listening in, you know, almost 20 years of doing this and literally tens of thousands of families, never once have I heard the feedback of like, oh my gosh, my child's attachment is different or uh-oh, their personality changed. Like, I would be horrified if I heard that. Like, yes. who would I be to sit with fa- parent families and say like, it's going to be okay. I never hear that feedback. I hear the opposite. You know, families thrive. And so, and I can attest to that. Like, uh, 100 percent 
And um, I can tell you, because I've said this many times to other people, it took us following to the letter of the way it was described. We did option number one, where it was like coming into the room, reassuring her. Not We didn't pick her up. We just And we would leave again. Um, she was sleeping through the night at the age of four or five months yeah. within six days. Amazing. Of, of doing this. Yeah. It was, and it was wow. life-changing to and your point at the beginning right there, that's because proof. then yeah, I was there you sleeping. Go. There and all go. these years later, do you see any detrimental side effect in your relationship? I mean, zero. <laughs> zero. I mean, it's it's amazing. And she gets up and she's happy. All Like most days, she's happy and she's well slept. And like I said, it's just not a big deal. We have such a routine. Yeah. And she just knows, like, you know, she'll say, I just love my bed so much, mama. Like, it's just so comfy, you know. And I, so she's had a positive experience. And I, I'm a big advocate for there's a, a variety of things when you take away the soother when you I think that there are key windows and so just I'll preface what I'm going to say by saying it's never too late but I I really believe that this like many things getting it before like sort of pre-verbal if you will is I can't imagine how much more difficult it would have been not impossible but had she been two or three and personality and voice and able to manipulate me in a different way I can tell you right now just just the just by the way, Jennifer described the whole uh, leading up to sleep. Like as a as a as an adult, I was like, I, I want to start doing sleep learning right now. Like for myself personally, <laughs> yeah. like that was a great setup. I love the fact that you you disregard the sleep training. I love the term sleep learning. That's amazing. I also I also wrote down uh, good night is good night. I love that. I think I just want to say that to a lot of people in my life. Good night <laughs> is good night. <laughs> like, that's something I'm going to say. That was just that when you said that. Uh, it, it makes sense because it, it really is a, allowing you to give your children this great gift that they learn how to sleep. Because as we all know, the number one cause, you know, to so many diseases is uh, sleep. You know, it causes heart problems, sleep deprivation. Sleep deprivation. Yeah. Uh, all of us are going a million miles an hour, and then also inflammation. And but sleep is one of the number one causes that people are getting sick in the world that we live in because we're just jamming around. So to take care of this early on is amazing. Yes, and I think you know, kids. It's so counterintuitive, but they really don't want to be powerful enough to call the shots on this. They really Agreed. don't. When they feel like, ooh, I got daddy back in the room. I got mommy in the room again. All I had to say was that, like, woohoo, I'm powerful. But wait a second. Aren't they the big people? Aren't they supposed to be in charge? Why am I so powerful? It actually makes them go upside down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. That, make, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Jennifer, I thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Jennifer Waldberger. Uh, the name of the book that we are going to be giving away right now, that is right, it is called The Sleep Easy Solution. Anea swears by it. Like I she, do. You could do commercials. I think you just did a commercial for this book. <laughs> that was literally, that was one of the first guests we've had on the show that you're like, you have to get this book. Yeah. Uh, we're. Uh, it's awesome because Jennifer is going to give away a copy for free and as you guys know the way we do it really really simple all you gotta do is um write a review on our show just write a review on our show how you enjoyed this show um uh you know how you go to itunes go to itunes they go to itunes they write a review on the show and then what you do is you email me just a photo of that review on the show and for our friends in canada i know sometimes that's difficult to do but um you know what figure out a way to get it to us uh and then send us the review that you wrote on the show and then we're going to pick a winner and we're going to send you this book absolutely for free the sleep Easy Solution, written by Jennifer Waldberger and your co-writer? Jill Spivak. Jill Spivak. And um, now, Jennifer, one question I want to ask you is, right now, I want to let our listeners know they could write maybe some questions to us of some scenarios that they're like, what about this? Because you know, you touched on so many different things. If, um, 
if they wrote some questions, would you come back on the show and absolutely. maybe and maybe answer those? I'd love fun. to. Would that be cool? Yeah, would you absolutely. Come back? Okay, cool. So email uh, any of those questions you guys have to radparenting at gmail.com. And now you had your hand up. No, I was just looking at my You're looking hand. at your nails? I'm looking at my nails. Okay, I, need, cool. I need a Manny. You need a Manny? <laughs> I got a manicure and uh, I went to a show, this comedy festival flew me to Austin. And then when we landed, the guy goes, okay, I'm going to take you to go to manicure. And I was like, really? I thought he was joking. And I went and got a manicure and I know I'm like a dude, dude, but I know. And he's like, I got a feeling this is your first manicure. And I'm like, no way, dude. Manicures rule. Yes. Like, I thank you. Love it. Real men you. get manis. Yes. I love it. I was ready to go for a pedicure, but I was going to just put my foot on the table. Lady was like, no, <laughs> keep keep the shoes on, bro. Thank you, Jennifer, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And My you pleasure. really tackle the subject that has been so important. And it's no longer sleep training. It's sleep learning. There you go. All right. Love we are it. rad parenting. On the count of three, we yell late when we leave. The word late. You ready? Okay. You're part of the tradition. Here we go. Uh, I'm Joe Sib and... Anaya Boak. And we're out of here. Late. late.